Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. I am your host, Chuck Peters. We are recording again at the Etch Family Ministry Conference here in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. Nash Vegas to you and me. We have friends in town. That's Jana Magruder. Hey, Jana. Hello. She I don't is, call it Nash Vegas. I know. Well, I mean, I don't either. But <laughs> I've hey, heard that before, though. I've heard it. We're sitting I know, here with Jamie Ivey, so we got to be hip. <laughs> right? We got We want to make this place seem She's fun so she comes back more often. Yes. She's here like twice a month. Nash Vegas. It's got like all the neon and stuff, right? It makes it sound a lot more like exciting. And although I've never been to Las Vegas. Really? Yeah, I never have. I never have either. Uh -uh. There was a season in my life where my background's in TV and video where every year for 10 years I was in Vegas. It is not, you're not missing anything. That's what I've heard. No. No. We are here at Etch. Etch is such a great place to be. So guys, if you haven't been here, you got to come. It's every October. We are in Nashville at the Music City Center. It's our hometown as Lifeway Kids. And one of the best things about it is we have tons of friends who are thought leaders and kids, student and family ministry that come to town for the conference. Uh, some as keynote speakers like Jamie Ivey, who we are fortunate enough to sit with for a few minutes and have her as a guest on the podcast. Yes. Jamie, hi. Hi. Thanks for letting me do this. Man, we are so glad to have you here. You had to leave Austin to come here? <laughs> yes, but it's okay. Nashville's really cool. Is it like home away from home? A little bit. Can we oh, pretend it is? Well, yeah, we'll no, pretend. Because okay, no Austinite will actually well, ascribe to Jenna that. is also an Austinite, <laughs> and so they've got a whole Austin thing in common. So, yeah. F- if there are any of you out there who are not familiar with Jamie, she's a podcaster, a writer, a speaker. She is from Austin. Uh, she, she's uh, the proud mom of four kids. Four, four kids, yes. Well, what are their ages? How old are they? Right now, we have a 14-year-old, a 13-year-old, a 12-year-old, and a 10-year-old. You say right now. Yeah, you know right. when you're uh, you're about to change over? It's like yeah. everyone's oh, about, about to, to have a birthday. It's like the odometer yes. is going to yes. click over. Yeah, so that's where we are today. So you're not planning on adding more. That's not oh, what you were saying. Oh, this shop is closed. Right now yes. we have no, 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 four. No, 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 no. That's where I thought you were going. We're in a sweet spot. We, but I saw a story on one of your Instagram stories say that she would like still like to have a younger sister. She tells me this yeah. on the daily. Ah. Yes. 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 So I told her one day you'll be a mom or an auntie or a babysitter. Don't give into that pressure. No, I'm not. I'm done. It's kind of like peer pressure, but from what, a yeah. six-year-old? No, I'm like really, <laughs> really cute daughter. Guys put our family together, and I like it. Yes. Well, Jamie loves to encourage women. She's a passionate follower of Jesus, and, and she kind of lives a crazy, exciting life of speaking on different circuits and from cool stages and places, but never been to Vegas. Never been to Vegas. Yes. <laughs> we should do Etch in Vegas, guys. So, okay, so she, we got to mention the podcast. So Jamie has the podcast, The Happy Hour yes. with Jamie Ivey. Look for that. Where's the best place to find that? JamieIvey.com is where you can find everything. Or if you're, I mean, you're a podcast listener because you're listening right now. Just yeah. search for The well, Happy yeah, Hour. Yeah, you know how so to find podcasts. It's mm-hmm. The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey, J-A-M-I-E-I-V-E-Y. Mm-hmm. Look mm-hmm. for that, listeners. And you've got a book, mm-hmm. If You Only Knew. If You Only Knew about it. But that's the it. name that's the of the book. That's the title of it, yes. Right? yes. <laughs> if You Only Knew. And it says, My Unlikely, Unavoidable Story of Becoming Free. Yes. It came out in January, and so we're about, you know, Ten months in, yeah, and it's been fun. It's been really great just to see what God's done with it Mm -hmm. and how He's used it. And it's very story driven, so it's a lot of my story of growing up in church, but not following Jesus till I was in my early twenties, and then walking into married a pastor and dealt with a lot of shame. And God just totally taking that away from Mm -hmm. me. And I'm not saying I don't ever deal with shame, but I've come a long ways. Mm -hmm. So that's what that book's about. Well, one of the things that you are talking about here at the conference 
is um, ministering to kids or families of kids from hard places. And so we want to spend some time unpacking that a little bit with you. What does it look like to, to love and minister to families that are parenting children from hard places? What does it mean? Uh, how do we define what that means to have kids from hard places? You want to start there? Yeah, that's a great place to start. I, def- I just did the breakout on this, and that's where I started at first was defining what does that actually mean? And mm-hmm. I know that a lot of our churches are having families within their body who are adding to their family through adoption, or they're adding to their family through foster care, mm-hmm. or they're just foster parents, and they're not going to add any more kids. And we need foster parents who are just going to be foster parents but what does that look like in our family ministries our church our our children's ministry our students our family how do we do that and so um, I would define a kid coming from a hard place is a kid who has it sounds like it is they've Mm -hmm. come from the non-typical way of joining a family Um, it's not wrong or right or whatever I have three kids through adoption it's just my family is built on adoption and adoption is always built on brokenness Um, there is no adoption without loss Mm -hmm. Uh, a kid doesn't end up in foster care because everything's awesome at home Mm -hmm. and a kid doesn't get adopted into a family because their family unit to start with was working perfectly and so there are just lots of reasons that may lead a kid into his family looking different and so I think as churches and as leaders we need to be willing to say how are we going to do things differently because this family has different needs mm-hmm. and so that's what we talked about it's great it's great um so I want to talk about something else okay I love it <laughs> because we do not go for a full hour so I want to catch you while we have you um so Coming from both of us lived in Austin, and um, you still do. I know. I love, I love it. Nashville, and I, I I love that you get to come here every so often. Um, tell me though, because we were talking about this in the green room about um, your uh, opportunity to work for a radio station unexpectedly, not planned, no background in radio. This is part of your story, I know, but this is part of the story of how I know you because before we met. Um, via Austin Stone Church. Mm-hmm. Um, I just was listening to the radio, my favorite radio station in Austin, KVET at the time, um, and heard this new DJ. Like a guest DJ at first, and then tell me about who this Jamie Ivy person was. Okay, that's really cool. Yes. I know. So it's a fun story, and it was probably eight years ago, mm-hmm. seven years ago. I was driving in town, doing my mom thing, got all my kids in the minivan, living life, and this radio station that I also listened to at the time, it's a country radio station, they announced that they were they had an open casting call for the next morning show DJ. And I thought to myself, just what every other person thinks, like, I could do that. Like, do that. how hard can it be? <laughs> and so I made a 60-second demo, and we sent it in. And it was it was an open casting call. There were also people from the industry who were applying. And so I kept making it further and further and further. And then I made it to the top 10. And then once I made it to the top 10, they picked the top five, and I made it to the top five. And then they had every the top five contestants got to come in on a different day and kind of sit in. And I went in on a Thursday, and I left there going, if nothing happens, that was a really cool experience. I loved it. And I ended up winning the job. I mean, which was just the craziest thing ever. I go from stay-at-home mom on Friday to Monday, you know, Early. On air at 6 a.m. Yeah. I was going to say, waking up at like 4. Yes. Yeah. That, was a, that, was, that was really hard for me. And so I started this job working um, at this radio station, and I loved it. Mm. I thrived in it. Mm-hmm. My coworkers, who are pretty legendary in the city yes. of Austin, they were encouraging mm-hmm. me, and they were saying, Jamie, you've never done this. You're, you're, so, you're doing this so good, all the things. And so I loved it. I loved my job so much. But there was a but, yeah. is that... I told you I have three kids through adoption. Two of my kids were born in Haiti, and they had only been home with us for about a year. And so 
life at home, if you've ever brought kids home to your home from hard places, it ties into it, is hard. It's different. It's trying. Um, it's not typical, like bringing a child home from the hospital, from a, from a natural birth. And so life was really hard at home. It was really hard. And life got harder when mom went to get a job. Yeah. And so... I started to realize that the only thing that had changed at our family was me. Mm. And so after about four months, I made the super hard decision to quit. I felt like a failure. I felt like I'd let down everyone that voted for me. The Mm. people who didn't get the job, I felt like Mm -hmm. I had, you know, kind of scooted in and got the job and then left. Right. But what happened in that time is I realized that my kids really needed me. And so I pulled back and... It was the best, hardest decision I've ever made, probably. Mm-hmm. Came home with my kids. And then what that led to is four years later, I started a podcast. And so right. and now I'm my own so boss. And I don't have there. to wake yes. up at four in the morning anymore. <laughs> and it opened up, you know, it opened up me to try a new career that I would yes. have never thought about, which has turned into a lot of different things for me. And so that one little step of thinking, mm-hmm. well, I'll try out. I'll do this. Right. And even though it ended up difficult of me having to quit, mm-hmm. me wanting to quit, me choosing to quit, it's still... God had such bigger purposes for that. And so just making sure I'm hearing this straight, your, your decision to apply for this gig, getting the gig in radio four years later, sort of redeemed itself by starting the happy hour podcast. Yes. And really your podcast came out before lots of other people's podcasts. Like I, I call you the pro because you've been doing it for, it seems like a lot longer. Well, thank you. I've been doing it for four and a half years, which doesn't seem like that long when you, especially if you're parenting a four and a half year old, you right. know, they're little babies, <laughs> but, uh, I would say that there has been a boom after that. So that's been fun. I do have a handful of friends that were podcasting before me. And so they're kind of like my guy. But uh, it has been fun. And I look back and I'm like, God, just like you, for Mm -hmm. me to try out for this job. And then you know I've got something so much bigger you don't even know. Like you have no idea what I have for you. And so the podcast has been it's such a joy for me to minister to people mm-hmm. through a happy hour. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just God's using it in so many ways. And so it's been fun. It's my favorite job I have, which mm. is just great. So, yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome. Oh, okay. Have we left our topic? Shall we yet? go back to the, yeah. the hard places thing? So this, so this talk I shared with you before we went on the air, air before we began podcasting, yeah. radio stuff. Be- <laughs> Before we started this episode, I shared with you that this topic is is special to me. So I have four kids, two by birth and two by adoption, who came to us, a sibling set of boys from Ethiopia eight years ago. And so we spent quite a lot of time preparing. My wife is very well read and and she is very diligent to want to do things well. Uh, She loved Dr. Karen Purvis. Uh, I know that she used that term, kids from hard places, and that's something that's part of our vocabulary at home. And so as as you talk about this and I get to know more of your story, I can connect very personally with the things you're, you're sharing. So there are families around us that uh, that have kids from difficult places. Sometimes that's overtly obvious. We can see that. Other times it's harder to see, but it's still there. So how how do we in the church, as leaders of kids and families in the church, how how do we come alongside these families effectively? Without, I mean, how do we engage with them in a way that's really can minister? Yeah, one of the major things that I think that churches can do to minister to these families is to listen to them. Mm-hmm. Is to listen um, and to realize that they may have to do things different than they've always done. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a big thing because I, we as leaders can think, well, this is what works. This has always worked. 
And you know what? It might work with quote unquote typical kids. But when you have a kid, whether they have special needs, whether they have a disability, whether they've come from hard places, Mm -hmm. we're going to have to be willing to adjust. Another thing I think is that church leaders and people in our church body need to look at the long game Mm -hmm. is that when a kid like through adoption, Ethiopia, my kids from Haiti, our journey began when we got home. Yes. Like we had a long journey to get our kids. We were in the process for two and a half years. It was hard. I thought it was the worst years of my life. And then my kids got home and I realized this is hard on everybody. It's hard for my kids. Mm-hmm. Like they just got uprooted from everything they've ever known. It was hard for me. There was attachment issues. Yes. And so all kinds of defense mechanisms by kids. And so I think the church also needs to say, this is a long-term game that we're in here and we're going to support you and do what you need. Um, so listen to them well, adjust Uh, Think about it long term. Another thing, I am really, really an advocate for people educating themselves. Mm -hmm. If you are a leader at a church or you have a lot of students or kids in your ministry and Mm -hmm. a lot of them are coming from environments that are difficult or hard, Mm -hmm. maybe through adoption, um, to educate yourself on what that might entail. Mm -hmm. Read a book. Like yeah. find, find someone that has been through adoption and ask them their experiences. Uh, what we don't want to do is make that kid or that family feel like there's something wrong with them and you're different. This is the table for adoptive parents and this mm-hmm. is the table for normal, which is not mm-hmm. accurate, but that's what I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. And so we don't want to make them feel that way, mm-hmm. uh, but we want to uh, make them feel as though that we are advocating with them that we are for you. Um, I know that a lot of times parents can feel as though, I don't know if I should bring my kid back here. They had, they're like having fits or something. And I think it's important for the leaders of those classrooms and the, the even higher up to say, hey, how can we serve your family? Like we want you here. We are for you. We want to partner with you because I think parents who are coming in and they're tired and they're weary. And I told the parent, I told the breakout people, I said, here's the deal. If you have a kid in your, in your room who's having behavioral issues, you're not going to surprise the parents. They know this. They live with that child. So what but they, they might need, surprise. <laughs> but what they yeah. need is they don't need you to tell them what your kid's doing wrong. They need mm-hmm. you to say, hey, how can we partner together to make this the That's best good. experience for your kid? How can we advocate for your family? What do you need from us? What would make this easier? What would make this drop-off experience easier? Right. What would make his time in large group ex- easier? And so really saying, how can we serve you, not here's what's wrong with your kid? Yeah. So what our listeners may not know is that Jamie has spent – a lot of time in children's ministry. You you were always the one that would volunteer. I used to be a coach. You used at to be our, a coach, yeah, which, uh-huh. at, which at the Austin Sun is is like a job almost. I mean, <laughs> so you have definitely. Which is why have, I don't do it anymore. You don't do it anymore, <laughs> right? But still, you have a heart for it. You get it. You get what children's ministry leaders are mm-hmm. dealing with or what they need to know and mm-hmm. how to help them and come alongside them. So um, a little bit all over the map. Last week, I saw you speak at the ERLC conference and you were talking specifically about parenting in general and I was writing down everything you said because there's such pearls of wisdom Mm. coming out can you recap can you recall a few of those things yes we edit we edit this right okay sure Uh, what did I say last week uh yeah so that was that talk that I gave was specifically for parenting Mm -hmm. obviously one of the things that I think that one of my main points was is that we cannot 
um, ask our kids to live and follow and give their lives away for the gospel when all they see is their parents giving them lives away for their children. Yes. And so it was yes. kind of a kid-centered family versus a gospel-centered family. Yeah. And so a lot I see, I struggle with, this is hard, you guys. This is. is hard work. I have four yeah. kids. They're all involved in stuff. Yes. Sometimes I look up at my husband and go, does our family revolve around them? Because we made an right. agreement that our family was not going to revolve right. around our kids. And so hear me say in humility, this is hard, mm-hmm. but I think that we're raising children who are feeling entitled mm-hmm. and they were feeling as though the world revolves around them. Mm-hmm. And so we're then going to say like, Hey, actually we want you to give your life away for the gospel. And they're thinking, but everyone's been giving their life away from me. From me. This right. is all about me. What are you going to do for me? And it's an upside down conversation because Jesus says, actually lay down your life and die, like go, go. And so my conversation was just about encouraging parents to center their families mm-hmm. around the gospel mm-hmm. and not around their kids. Right. Which is so hard. Yes. And then you gave a tangible example of two of your boys having the opportunity to play ball. Yeah, they got invited to be on a basketball team that was going to, like, prepare them for seventh grade basketball. Like, that sounds ridiculous, but you know what I mean? Yeah. And I love sports. I I love athletics. I'm for kids being involved in things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was immediate, yes. Like, yes, we can do this. And my husband and I both have pretty busy lives and we looked at our calendar and I was going to be gone three out of the four Saturdays that they had games Mm. and I'm still trying to tell Aaron we can do it we can make it work and my husband who you know brought some sense to the table Mm -hmm. was like but our entire month would revolve around these kids that are already doing this 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 and this Mm -hmm. and so we had to make a hard decision and I had to tell my boys listen we can't do this right now did they understand absolutely not right no they did not understand at all and that also made me want to be like oh can't we just make it work and then I had to remember my whole family cannot revive around one kid's basketball schedule and so again y'all this is hard stuff but we need to raise kids who don't feel entitled in our homes and so one of those ways is making hard choices right for them Yes. Even if they're mad. Yeah. Even if you're not the hero. Oh, I know. I won't be. Yeah. Yeah. So hard. Yeah. Well, let's close out. Sometimes we ask fun things, and I know you always close out with, like, what's bringing your joy right now? What's your question that you love to ask at the Uh, end? Three things you're loving. Three things you're loving. So we'll close it out how you close yours out. Oh, three things I'm loving? Three things you're loving, Jamie Ivey. Okay, three (laughs) things I'm loving. Okay, here's one um, is, what am I loving these days? Okay, let me think. Uh, Oh, I got one. Ready? So three things I'm (laughs) loving. Have you heard of the company um, Able? Yes. They're here in Nashville, actually. Yes. And so Abel is a fashion company, and I have their boots on right now. Yes. I oh, nice. I yes. approve. I yes. amazing. I do not have any Abel boots. <laughs> so I'm loving my new Abel boots that I got. Um, but I'm happy for you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm loving my Abel boots that I got recently. Um, I am loving my Instapot. Your Instapot. Yeah. Okay. It's yes, working for you. I get that. Uh-huh. Yep. The re- the but there's a lot of stress online about, it's not working for me, help me. But you it works made it for work. me. Okay. And here's what, this is, I am so not domestic, like, at all. Like, mm-hmm. my poor husband. Well, and your husband is a gourmet cook. Yes, yeah, so he does, most of, the, he does yes. most of the cooking. Yes. But on busy times like this, I will sometimes, this makes me sound like <laughs> I am Martha Stewart. I will prep meals, freezer meals. Yeah. And then have Good them for ready you. for my Instapot. Yeah. And literally when I do that, and then I come home and I make all this happen, the world could fall apart. And, and I'm wearing Mom of the Year badge. And you are the hero. Because, uh, uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> Hot meal ready. Yes. yes. Hot, so I'm loving my Instapot. love my Able boots. Um, I am also, this is kind of dumb, but if anyone travels a lot, I have an app I use called TripIt. 
okay. G-R-I-P-I-T. And so I keep all of my flights, all my hotels, nice. meetings, everything in there, and they're all in one spot. And so when I land, I know where I'm going. You know where you are. Nice. <laughs> yes, yes. Able Boots, Instapot, and Trip, trip it. it. Trip It. Awesome. I tried to give you a wide va- range of that things. That was really good. That's great. All right, I great. like this segment. Yes. This is a good okay, segment. Good. Yes. It's a great one. Good. Well, Jamie, thank you so very much for being here. Jamie Ivey. Again, guys, the podcast is The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. And the new book is If yes. You Only Knew, My Unlikely Unavoidable Story of Becoming Free. And I have read it. And I will just say, listeners, you need to read it. It's You're very so good. And you will enjoy it. And you will learn from it about your own story and how to share your own story thank and be so much. authentic about it. So. And I can only imagine that it's an enjoyable read. I think it is. You know, it's not yeah. like a textbook. This no, is no, going to no. be encouraging and fun and yes. and compelling. Yes, so yes, I can tell already. Well, thank so, you. Thank you. Awesome. So check out the book. And where's the best place to find the book? Uh, well, you can get it anywhere books are sold. I'm an Amazon Prime member, so I can buy something and have it there by like the evening. Uh, but JamieIvy.com is a good place to find everything. Awesome. 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 Jamie Ivy, thank you so much for being here at Etch. You're we so appreciate welcome. you. We're excited to hear from you from our main stage. We appreciate you speaking to our people in the breakouts and interacting yes. with us. And thank you for taking time to be on the podcast. So welcome. Thank you, You guys. are a busy lady with lots to do, so we Trip are appreciative. It. Thank you. <laughs> yes, keep tripping yes. it. Listeners, thank you for listening to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. Come back again real soon.